The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hi everybody, it's Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer and Co-Founder of Aldis. Very, very happy to have you today for our ServiceNow, part of our series for Aldis. And in the podcast, we are very, very happy to welcome Andrew Gallimore. Andrew is CRO and President at Flowwolf. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Good morning. Andrew, before we jump into Flowwolf, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came into the world of ServiceNow. No, it's a great question. Interestingly enough, in my history, I was doing more business process optimization and organizational transformation of customers as a customer. And interestingly enough, ServiceNow became a tool that got brought into the mix at one of the organizations that I was doing transformation at for Agile. And I just fell in love with the platform. So I used it as an ITSM tool for transformation of kind of the back-end operations functions. ServiceNow started trying to show me some of the other things that they were doing with the platform that maybe weren't where I wanted them to be at the time. Um, But essentially at that point, I uh, fell in love with the platform. We started using it for uh, getting rid of a lot of shadow IT functions and process optimization. And then when I went to the next company that I was going to work for business process optimization and transformation on, the first platform I brought in was ServiceNow. And at that point, ServiceNow connected me into the partner ecosystem, and I made the career flip into the partner ecosystem about eight years ago. And tell us a little bit about Flowwolf and your current role there. As I mentioned, I've been in the partner space for probably about Eight years, started a ServiceNow partner at Round Tower Technologies that got bought, acquired by a head. And I've been in the space of helping customers implement, I've been in the space of helping customers solve business challenges, and really using ServiceNow pretty extensively over the years. The one piece that I had really struggled with and been missing over the years was this sense of repeatability, right? We can implement the things that ServiceNow creates, but ultimately there's a need for repeatability within the ecosystem. ServiceNow knows that. They build these capabilities, they extend them to their customers, but there are these little gaps that exist. And what we really wanted to do at FlowWolf uh, through a partnership that I had over the years with a company called SalesOne, we worked actually as part of starting FlowWolf. Our first uh, order of business as starting FlowWolf was to acquire the SalesOne company and its team and leadership and product. As we kind of forge forward, our goal with SalesOne being our anchor product is that CRM, CPQ, agreement management, those type of functions that ServiceNow doesn't necessarily fill that gap holistically. So rather than just always implementing onesie-twosie for this customer and that customer, our whole focus is to try and basically fill the gaps that ServiceNow has with our products and our services. And then the other piece of really what we're trying to do is when you start looking at 
a lot of the focus has been shifted to in, in the partner ecosystem, at least that I'm seeing, has been shifted very much upstream to those enterprise strategic clients. And unfortunately, the companies that are a little bit smaller, they, they don't get as much love. So we're trying to make sure that we can build something that's cost effective for them to continue to operate and scale their businesses as well. But what are you seeing as kind of the macro trends that you're seeing over the last kind of three to six months? It's really the budget constraints and the automation that's that's taking form. And it's been that way for a long time, right? Like I said, I've been doing organizational transformation and business optimization for a long time, and it's always do more for less. But with different budgetary and economic trends, <laughs> you start seeing that a little bit more. You're seeing a lot of people exiting companies unwillingly or un unnecessarily companies that are leaning out as much as they possibly can. And because of that, you've got a need still to fulfill that business, but you don't have the hands and the feet because budgets are so constrained. So the tenants of AI that are coming in to play, uh, these are things that we're looking at and trying to make sure that they can apply to our products, but then also trying to figure out how can we support with the right skill sets to really help people continue to grow. Because unfortunately, you can start looking at AI, but if the customer's foundation isn't strong enough for it, then it's a futile battle for them. Yeah, it's very important because as much as I'm an advocate of artificial intelligence, if you don't have a strong foundation of data at its core and automation, even some low-hanging fruit done, it can be quite a big jump to, to go across there. And I think for a lot of companies, they're feeling like the back to basics is their tagline in terms 100%. of what what are we trying to do how are we going to go and do it but let's actually just do a temperature gauge is it still important that we're, right. what we're actually trying to go on this journey and then if you are on that journey you then need to add in some sprinkles of generative ai in terms of how can we start to utilize this more or is there proper case studies that we can do into that why do you feel this service now is such an important platform out there and because as you said People are now asking a lot more questions, budget create constraints, and you really need to deep dive if you're going to make that investment. For me, the reason ServiceNow is so important is because when you start talking about machine learning, AI, right, we can dump all of our system data into different data warehouses and we can mine that data and we can do all of that. But there's process breakpoints in that. There's misconceptions of how the data is actually managed in each system. When you start talking about organizational transformation, for me, the reason I made the switch over to ServiceNow being the platform of choice was everything's happening in that database. Everything's happening and it, there's no breakpoint of integration for the majority of what we're doing from a workflow standpoint. So the analytics, the strength of data consumption, the strength of process workflow management it is really that foundation that I believe is necessary for transformation. Unfortunately, you've got different platforms that are out there that they grow through consumption of, I buy this company and I bolt it on, and I buy this company and now I bolt it on. And now I've got this disparate set of systems that are called a platform, but they're really not. And ServiceNow, one of the things that, you know, being an early customer of ServiceNow, I was one of the early CSM customers. I was one of the early ITOM service mapping customers. And one of the things that impressed me as a customer to really help me understand the thoroughness of what ServiceNow does is when ServiceNow bought a company called Nebula, I was in contract with Nebula. 
I ended up having to pause some of what I was doing from a service mapping perspective so that they could bolt that on or they could not bolt that on so that they could actually convert that code over to be what we know as service mapping. And to me, I was frustrated as a customer that I had to wait, but the value of that as a platform to the integrity of what they do was so important to me long-term that it impressed me as a consumer that this is the platform that I really want to you know, hitch my wagon to and be a part of. And then when you start talking about too, the simplicity of the configuration, I don't need 25 developers that can go out and start building things in some type of a code or language or things of that nature. I'm a simple guy. Last time I actually physically coded was probably VB6. So the reality is when you give me something that can allow me that logical coding and configuration, I can scale that. Even me without having to go and take C-sharp trainings or any type of JavaScript or something like that, I can be pretty effective in a platform like that with you know just common understanding of how systems work. And to me, that's extremely powerful. When you start talking about getting into citizen development and growing the platform through its users that understand their business the most, that's where you start really talking about transformation. Businesses want it on a bumper sticker. They want simplicity. Yeah. And anything that's going to move away from that simplicity, people just don't have the intention span right. for it anymore. And it's a really going to be an interest in 24 months to see where this goes because people want to respond really quickly and they don't want this technical desk and they want to be able to create these features, go on the fly, allow people just to update what they need to update and move on and then just have problem solvers and then don't yeah. be bogged down by the code. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. What's about some of the things that are exciting you about the platform and how does this like possibly benefiting the people's businesses? So I think when we talk about the industry trends and we talk about what their service now is doing that aligns to each unit and business, I think number one, app engine is really important to me. I think obviously our business is founded upon building custom apps with sales one and some of the other things that we're building as we speak. So that's extremely important to me, but how that applies to then the industry trends, it, it, I'll be honest, it scared me a little bit at the beginning because I do think that there's a unique problem that ServiceNow inherently opens up when going into the industry trends where they create silos of operations where what I've found in business transformation is most companies, and I've worked in financial industry, I've worked in healthcare, most companies, the foundations are very similar, right? We all like to say we're special. We all like to say that we're unique. Um, but when you start really uncovering how businesses operate, they operate fairly similar, simply. There's transactions, there's activities, there's workflows, there's process, there's operations. We all still have to make payments. We all still have to run the foundational areas of the operations. So I think one of the things that concerns me is obviously making sure that there's not this disconnect to where we can solve a unified problem across industry, like with us, with CRM and CPQ, 
right? That transcends industry. From that standpoint, I like what they're doing because I think there's a uniqueness of language. There's a uniqueness of understanding of those business lines and what they talk about. At the end of the day, I think the underlying process is the same. But with regard to the app engine piece, I think being historically, and I'm a recovering shadow IT guy, much of my early career and how I got to where I was, was solving business problems that IT just never got to. And it just wasn't important enough. So something like an app engine that allows a business unit to solve a unique problem that's foundational in the, the code, right? It's foundation, it's backed up, it's managed, it's a common language, it's a common configuration that can now be supported. One of the companies I worked for over 15 years ago still operates some of the shadow IT that I built. And to me, if I had a platform like a ServiceNow, that wouldn't even be a question that would still be running, but that would be running on something that's supportable, repeatable, manageable. And it's not just you know on a, a PC server that I created a long time ago. So, you know, those things excite me with regards to how businesses are going to be able to start solving some of those problems without having to go rogue. So to me, that's extremely valuable. Yeah, and it kind of ties into the advice you'd probably offer to people on that journey because sometimes when you go down that road you forget about what it was like when you didn't actually know what you know now and you mentioned initially you got right. a little bit overwhelmed from the situation what advice would you offer to kind of key leaders honestly i think the advice that i would give to everybody with regards to service now business leaders it goes back to something that I learned from from my CEO, COO at Advantive, and it really was talking to the IT people. You are the business, right? You're not IT. You are the business, and making sure that there's a unified strategy between business and IT where you're unified. You're not the techies versus the business people trying to get stuff done. Build that relationship of trust and look at a system, a platform like ServiceNow as a solution foundation um, and start building that unified trust with your IT partners and with your business partners to start talking that common language and finding those solutions. Unfortunately, the biggest barrier and breakdown to me in transformation is we all talk a different language because we think we're different. But in reality, we all work for the same company trying to solve the same challenges. If we just work together, we can solve those a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic advice. When you look at building a team and getting those right players on board within that ServiceNow ecosystem, what advice would you offer in that regard? For me, when looking at building a team, this is probably odd advice, but for me, it's less about the technical background, right? I think a lot of times we look at people when we try to build a team, we try to find the person that's done it before. And unfortunately, when you find the person that's done it before, they're locked sometimes into how they did it before. And unfortunately, that may not solve this problem. So when I try and build a team, I try and build a team of people that have the aptitude to solve problems. You're looking for people that have a willingness to build trust with each other. You're looking for a willingness to just have transparent conversation and be open and honest with one another so that you can actually start to scale that relationship and be innovative. For me, unfortunately, the people that have solved the problems, I, I really just don't look for that. I look for the person that looks for solutions as a mindset, as opposed to somebody that's done the one problem that I've had before. 
That's a great advice because that aptitude, that creative problem solver, they just naturally are drawn to it. That kind of a Carl Dweck growth mindset. It, it's great advice and every team needs that, particularly in the world that we're living now. Where do you see the platform evolving? What's next? When I think of the platform, honestly, I, I really start seeing it move into that broader day-to-day. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I do see it optimizing the operations in a way that, again, you start getting people to, to your point earlier, there's, a, there's enough customers that aren't there yet that will may never get there because they're just, they're operating the way they've always operated. So I think there's enough business to really help them get just to the foundation so that they can start moving in that direction. But when I start looking at where ServiceNow is truly going, I start seeing the business process optimization becoming generative. I see the, the logical language and people being able to talk to the system and tell it what they want it to do. And it goes out there and models it and starts really generating it. And I think there's some some good to that, right? I think that makes business for those shadow people like me that maybe didn't have the skill set. There's some value in that. I think there's also some caution in that that I want to throw out there to folks too is you if you don't have a strategy, you can get in a lot of short-term troubles by fixing this problem and that problem. And I think one of the things that I hope that our customers will use and I hope that ServiceNow will keep in mind is even by throwing some of these short-term fixes in with the generative AI, that they start teaching their customers and, and we start teaching our customers how to apply that to a strategy so that they're not creating bottlenecks in certain areas of the business that are now just enhancing bigger problems. But I, I do see there's a lot of automation and, and really ServiceNow will start buying other companies and they'll start picking off some of these other things to create that holistic platform of platforms that they talk about. There, there are still gaps. We usually like to ask our guests if they were to start out again on their journey, would they tweak or change anything? Advice to your younger self, or you could phrase that to advice to people coming up to the Rise Up program in terms of going out and embarking on their journey. Yeah, I and I'm a I'm a philosopher when it comes to this, but I'm a big believer in that I am who I am because of the journey that I've been on. To change it wouldn't necessarily be a good thing because I'd be a different person. But I, I think for me, the real advice is take the risk. Be vocal, try and take a step, solve a problem that, that people are afraid to solve. And that's the biggest thing for me. And I tried to do that along my career. Uh, but in reality, I took a back seat because I felt like maybe sometimes maybe being an imposter, we get the imposter syndrome and all the things that are going on today. I just encourage people just to take the risk and don't fear that. Don't fear that failure if you fail fast and make sure that you've got the right trajectory and you're pointing in the right direction. But if you're trying to solve a problem, you know, that's better than 90% of the people that are out there that are just living in it. Yeah, I love that advice. One of our values is take the shot. Yeah. And I think you're better off just going with it and just rather than just think what if. And you, you can always go back and tweak and change. And once you're transparent with people in terms of what you're doing and your thought process, it's great to, it's great to have. Andrew yeah. Gallimore, CRO and President of FlowWolf. Thanks very much for joining us on the All The ServiceNow podcast series. Thank you very much. Have a great day.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon. 